Harvest. I'm Abigail Wilson, the editor in chief here, and I am joined today my, by my really great friend Tina Wood. Hi, Tina. Hello. <laughs> so I just hit record because we had already gotten started, and I was like, "Stop saying awesome things off of the recording, Tina." So I'm going to just quickly run through our intro, and then we're just going to get right back into it. Um, so we are here at Into the Harvest podcast. As always, we are here to bring you the confidence and clarity that you need to be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life. And this week, we are bringing you another episode of what I'm now calling the Friendship Series, because two weeks ago, or whenever it was, Andrew had an awesome episode with his bestie, John Snyder. And I'm here with one of my besties. And so I think we'll just keep it up. We'll just keep having on some of our best friends. Isn't that right, Tina? Yeah, I think that's it. I love the show when they do that. <laughs> so um, we'll just quickly let everybody know who you are, um, other than just my friend, which I feel like is all you really need to be in life. Um, but uh, you and I met um a bazillion years ago yes how long have you been married that'll be the easiest way oh my goodness um I think this year will be 12 okay (laughs) I think this will be 12 because yes all right all right and so that's probably how long we ish a little bit longer than that yeah so um we (laughs) met one of my favorite stories to tell the very first time I met Tina in real life, I called her out for having a crush on her now husband, which was the rudest thing to do. I mean, I did it like jokily, but she had literally just met me and that was a bad call. And yet that was bold. I just think that shows like what a fabulous person you are that you even talked to me. After, like after I, your bold move, of, I was like, should we, I don't know if I should be friends with her. No. I'm the worst. Just kidding. I try to be better now, but man, those are that was funny. Well, we'll tell people the whole story some other time. But um, we've been friends a really (laughs) long time. We um, met doing um, I met I was doing navigator ministry with Andrew and Cindy uh, up in Washington State, which is where you're from, and we met through the ministry there, and we've been friends ever since, even though I was a jerk. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your life currently? Currently, um, I have a husband who is that guy that was super awkward with um, 14 years ago or however long. Good old um, Westwood. We, we ended up it. getting married. Yeah, so we got married. Um, we have had four children. Crazy. Um, our last, or our fourth child just turned one today so it's his birthday um he's sleeping right now thankfully um so he's taking a nap hopefully forever (laughs) hopefully we'll be able to do that um but yeah so now we are currently um we're in the military um we but yeah yeah we (laughs) we are in the military we are currently um in california which some people might think you know, cool. like Andrew, like this is not, this is not Andrew's California. We're like closer to Nevada. So I would say 
we're not really California. Um, but anyway, yeah. all that to say, we live in a desert um, in a lot of different senses of the word, but we are currently um, just serving here, local ministry, you know, where God has called us. It's kind of has been uh, more eye-opening um, just over the years where God has sent us that um, to to be minister, doing ministry in your local context. So yes. like not far away, um, trying to find a new place, like everywhere we've moved has really been, this is it. And you really have nowhere else to go. <laughs> so, um, so taking all the other things out, um, the focus has been really put there for us. And so I really appreciate that, although it's, it's hard. Um, yeah. But but yeah, so that's what we're doing. We've got four kiddos. We're just um, hanging out here in the desert. Uh. <laughs> Do it. You guys are so awesome. You are like the, um, to me, the perfect example of what it means to be in the harvest because truly you've gone from like Alaskan tundra to full on desert. And you're just like, okay, we'll create a church here in this environment. So um, just change of clothing and, uh, yeah. and mood maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> other than that you guys have been so faithful um and it's really cool to watch and I learned so much from you guys but today you and I are going to talk about a particular subject that's um close to our hearts uh which is miracles uh I would say the kind of the reason this show came into my mind I really wanted to do it was because last season we had a listener question that was something like um, about um, signs and wonders today. Like, is it still a thing? And Andrew and I were talking about it. He had some really great thoughts. I probably had some mediocre thoughts. And he um, said something though, that was like, you know, I believe in signs and wonders today. I just haven't really seen many. And, and I like totally jumped on him and was like, um, yeah, you have. And uh, that wasn't very loving of me. Once again, everyone's learning what a jerk I am. And uh, I was like, remember Tina. And so I thought, you know what? Our listeners need to hear the cool story of miracles in your life. Um, spoiler, I will probably also share some miracles in my life. Um, and we're just going to go through those tremendous stories. I think, I think it's worth taking a minute and actually just retelling the stories of miracles in our lives. And we'll get into why we think that's important. And then we're just going to kind of talk about why looking back on the things that God has done, even if they're not as miraculous as these stories, um, is really important and why we should be doing it. So we're going to get into it. Are you ready? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back in the, the Yale time um, in 2009, correct? Yes. Um, you and I were both in Washington state. Um, my husband was deployed. You and I were friends, even though I was a jerk and, um, you were now dating Wes. So that had happened, um, as I had predicted <laughs> to set the scene. And, um, we'd both had some kind of sickness. It just so happens. And we both been on antibiotics. Tell us what happened next. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that was crazy. So um, I was on day 13 of a 14-day course antibiotics. So that's, I think that's pretty normal, um, you know, to have that long of a course. That's pretty, that's on the longer end of having an antibiotic in your system. Um, 
And it was about day 13 where I started to just feel sick. I did not attribute it to taking an antibiotic at all. I just thought it's fall. We're in a colder place. Like I'm probably just getting sick. And so I started getting um, like flu-like symptoms, just not feeling well um, in, in general. So it started to evolve really quickly though um, into blistering of my mouth, you know, watery eyes, um, a rash that just kind of spread all over my body. Um, and I feel like I remember though telling you at Starbucks like days prior, like something doesn't feel right. Yes. Do you remember that? It was like before it had even started, you were like, I think something's coming. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that I kind of <laughs> forgot about that. So yeah, it's like something was just like brewing and yeah. I you know, obviously would never have thought that this would be no. what that was. Um, anyway, so like these blisters started just like popping up out of nowhere. I just was so sick. Um, and that is probably when um, I called you, my fever was like, spiking to 104, 105. Um, I was just weak. And so I called you. Wes was taking my shift at Starbucks. I was a barista at the time. Um, so I called you to take me to the doctor. Yeah. yeah. And so um, everything kind of just went from there. The, the doctor there was just looked at me. I think you remember. <laughs> Well, I'm going to interject here because it's like the one part of the story that I'm in. So I'm going to just say what I weigh, <laughs> but I want to set the scene for, scene for everyone. Um, we arrive at the ER um, and she was in a state. It was very serious, but it was so serious that we like pull on in there and then nurses took one look at her and like brought out a stretcher. I mean, she was whipped in there. And if you've ever been to the ER, that does not happen. So I'm along for the ride. And like within, it felt very fast. So I would say within the first hour, an ER doctor came out and told me, we're not sure if your friend will make it. And those are not like, I kind of want to cry because I've never had that told me before, really like only twice in my life. And uh, it was, it was the scariest moment. I mean, I, I was in shock because yeah. I was, I didn't know what to do. I called, I called a lot of people is what I did, but I just want to set that stage of just how serious it immediately got for, yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And it was, it was very, um, <clears throat> it's almost like I just didn't have time to even think about what was yeah. going on, you know? And so, you know, being put in a, you know, little tiny room, um, lots of doctors coming in and out, yeah. just, just trying to figure out like the cause, because that's really mm -hmm. what we do, right? Like I, I'm also a nurse. Um, yeah. and so you generally are just looking at what's going on, like what is causing it? Cause whatever's causing it, we need to remove. Yeah. Um, so obviously I'm getting like question after question. Um, and then as soon as I said, I was taking a certain antibiotic, mm -hmm. the doctor kind of looked at me and then walked away. He was like, hold on. And then yeah. he walked away. I think he was talking to his buddies um, and then came back in with that news of just, hey, this is serious. Really? It's called yeah. it's called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Um, it attacks your mucous membranes um, and then can become very systemic very quickly. Um, we need to treat your symptoms because we just don't know how far it'll go. And so it was grim. It was scary. So um, scary. and I really had no like answer to that. I just said, okay.
okay. Um, What else can you say? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, um, let's call your mom and let's call Wes because things are, are really, really serious, particularly since you had taken. um, So probably if you're listening and you haven't Googled it yet, um, SJS is really um, kind of a reaction to antibiotics, correct? So it's an allergy um, and it causes your body to attack itself. Um, So what it was looking like is just her body was like shedding everything. Yeah. So the doctor (laughs) would explain it. um, He's basically like, you're, you're going to be treated like a burn victim. Yeah that your body was burning from the inside out is what he would kind of explain to me. And I was like, that just sounds really great. Um, <laughs> nice. No. Um, and I have come to like, even find out that it could be medication um, as a culprit, as well as just infections. Like people that have had pneumonia has, have gotten oh, human jobs okay. just like your body reacts to something. So it's extremely rare okay. and it's extremely unpredictable. So mm-hmm. There's just no way to prevent it to be yeah, truthful. You're on, like you're like on for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just no way to really stop it from going to, and you just really don't know how far it'll go. And that's where we were at this point was just, yeah, we don't know what, how far um, it'll go. And so just a wait and see, um, yeah. no pun intended with that. <laughs> no, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> But um, yeah, so we were just kind of just waiting and a lot of doctors um, yeah. needing to, to kind of assess. Yeah. And I kind of think to come in and just look at you, which is super rude, you know, just like you were the, you were, but in like the, maybe the best way as in you were the most serious case up in that hospital in my mind. Um, they were all just like, probably most of them had not ever seen it. I mean, it's something known. Um, and so they diagnosed it super quick, which was awesome, but, um, they don't probably just see it very often at all. Um, so, okay. So remind me the sequence of events here. You were quickly taken up to Seattle, um, to a burn unit there, because really the way your body was now looking and feeling was a hundred percent like a burn victim. And they were going to treat you that way because of possible infection. right? Right. Um, because her flesh was basically just like peeling off inside her mouth, her eyelids, her, like her, pretty much her whole body, um, yeah. your arms being, oh my gosh. Yeah. So your body, um, yeah, just kind of goes, goes crazy. It just, uh, that was just a crazy experience because it was so fast. Like I couldn't even, it was just everything kind of like rolled on by and it would only had been a couple hours and things were just getting significantly worse. Um, yeah. As the time went on. And so, yeah, so they ambulanced me over to Harborview when they realized that, Hey, she, you know, evidence has said, because obviously there wasn't a lot of evidence. Um, there's not a lot of people that have this, um, evidence was saying that people, um, have better outcomes and less mortality rate if, uh, they are seen in a burn center. So Mm -hmm. places that are specialized to treat skin issues um because that's really you know your that's the biggest organ in your body it is the biggest um part of defense um against all the things that are outside so when that is broken down you're you're really susceptible for um sepsis and things that will go south really quickly um and so yeah so we were at the burn center um they at that point were cutting skin that was just 
dying off um, because it was just there. So a lot of um, wound care um, and a lot of symptom management rather than the cause, because we already knew the cause, but there, there wasn't anything else to do with that other than to stop the medication. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you casually said that like, you know, wound care and taking off the skin friends, I'm here to tell you that it was, um, I mean, they had to give you, I, what did they give you when they were do, changing those, um, um they, they started with morphine, um, did not work. So delighted. Um, so they just went to the, you know, the harder and I'm not a big person. So, but I'm a tiny to- person and I've had morphine and it was great. And it worked fabulously. So I just, I'm saying all this to say people, this is, um, this is like Job-esque in my mind, as far as like the pain and suffering that you were experiencing. It was, um, to watch, um, was not for the faint of heart. Um, and we were just watching, we were not even the ones experiencing it. So Yeah. Lots of people praying for you at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember just like the constant stream of people um, either wanting to sit with you and, you know, so you would have somebody with you. Uh, If it wasn't Wes, who we would have to like peel off of you to like get him away to sleep or something. Um, But when we, when that was, you know, we got Wes out and for a break, then your, your friends um, we're just so wonderful. And just our ministry was just praying for you constantly because this yeah. was incredibly like, like you said, it happened very fast and then it progressed very quickly. And right. then it was like, we don't know what's going to happen because every yeah. day it felt like new things were yeah. showing. And themselves. there just really wasn't a lot of medical, um, there's nothing medical that they could do for me, really. Yeah. I mean, they could like symptom management was really really it um they wouldn't be even they even told me like we can't stop it from progressing mm-hmm. so even with symptom management it wouldn't um stop it from running its course and so it was prayer um I just kept asking for that because I was like there's no there's no other way um here like mm-hmm. and really that should have been the first you know thought <laughs> of course well. um but obviously when you're in a situation, like I, that, I was, that was my first thought when that doctor was like, yeah. we're not sure you need to prepare yourself. We're not sure your friend is going to make it. I was like, <laughs> what can we do? Yeah. Like what, what yeah. tangible thing can we what do can, yeah. um, here? I'm yeah. a doer and right. What can we horrible. do? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Okay. So let's, I, I remember, like, I went through my notes, um, of like basically all the prayer notes that I would send out. I was like the daily, cause like I said, I'm a doer. So I'm like, let's keep everyone updated so we could all be praying yes. and probably around day three, maybe even sooner, your biggest concern was your eyes. Yes. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, I started losing my eyesight re- pretty quickly. Um, apparently there were the blisters that were all, that were in my mouth, that were all over my body, inside, outside, um, was also involving all the mucus membranes. So that included your eyes, right? So that has mucus there, um, your corneas, that's kind of where it attacked. And so I had apparently corneal abrasions is what they told me and blistering of the eye. Um, 
whatever that is, right? I had it. Um, it sounds so, horrible. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and so blinking oh. would be just, it wouldn't be tears. It was blisters. It was just pockets of mucus, um, like, you know, coming apart um, um, and through. And so I would just feel like I was like constantly crying, but it was just all the fluids kind of coming through. And over um, very quickly, I just started losing eyesight. So just couldn't really see. Everything started turning blurry to cloudy. Um, there was no amount of blinking that would allow me to see. Yeah. Um, and every morning that dermatologist would come in and I would just almost immediately want to be like, get, go somewhere else because I can't see still, you know, and he would still yeah. have to come in with his little card holding it, a, you know, a few Ugh. different, um, you know, inches away mm. every single time. And I, he was like, can you see here? Can you see here? No, 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 no. So everything was yeah. very, um, depressing when he yeah. walked through the door I was like I don't want to see you because I, I don't want to know that you're coming because um yeah you're just it's just a reminder that this is really terrible um yeah and that my eyesight was that experience was so intense um with just feeling like because I couldn't see everything else was worse. was the worst I just yeah. like it it was my the vision was gone and therefore everything was very dark. Yeah. You know? Mm. Wow. And on top of that, you know, here you are in your last year of nursing school, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you have this, um, this like relationship with Wes that's going places, you know, you have plans for your life Sure. and you're, (laughs) yeah. And, uh, and they're just kind of taken away yeah. in a matter of days. Yeah. I had um, to really, um, I did think about that, of course, you know, laying there, you have nothing else to do, but just think, and you can't see. So you're just really in your head. And, yeah. um, I struggled a lot with, um, with the Lord. And I was like, mm-hmm. God, like, why, why? Like, I felt like he, uh, made it clear that I should be a nurse too. So that was kind of, that was really yeah. hard to yeah. take because I thought that was, um, the plan. And I thought that was his plan for me. Mm-hmm. And so to have something happen where there's no way I could be a blind nurse, you know, there's, that's probably not normal. It's not a thing. Not a thing. A thing. Yeah. Probably not. Um, and, and to be married, I was like, oh, surely Wes won't want to marry oh, someone who can't, you know, I know. But of course you go there, you know, you're of in course, your you're like, oh, I'm worthless. Yes. I'm like, I just, I'm not going to have any life, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I did go there where I was just, it was really hard to like swallow um, of what life was going to look like from then on out, yeah. you know? Um, and, and yeah, I just, I just really had a hard time thinking that through um, because it affects everything, Yeah. you know, like yeah, everything. Right. So you, um, your symptoms continued to get pretty, they were pretty horrible. Um, but you finally kind of reached probably, I guess the end of the antibiotics, like roll up in your body. And so it sort of tapered off. They were like, she's stable. She's going to make it, which was great news. Yeah. But, um, where, tell me what your kind of, what were your 
long lasting symptoms as you were being released from the hospital. Cause I remember you went, um, and you were going to be staying with a sweet friend of yours kind of in her little apartment suite. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I can remember those days, but like, what were, um, the things you were kind of taking out of the hospital with you, your life for sure, but things were not the way they were before. So So things, uh, were not. So though I was, you know, the, the peak of the medication had just kind of finally tapered off. So that was like, that's what they've been waiting for. was that there wasn't any new symptoms evolving and there wasn't, you know, it wasn't going, it wasn't getting worse. And so as things started stabling and leveling off, um, they said, you're probably going to be better off at home or in like a clean environment um, that isn't in the hospital so that you don't get something else. So, so yeah, so we then, um, I got the discharge paperwork and all that, and I couldn't see. They said, I don't know um, what it's going to look like long-term as far as your eyesight and your skin. Hopefully your skin will uh, get better, but they did say that my skin was probably going to be discolored for the rest of my life. Like I'd probably be very splotchy and just look different. And I was like, okay, whatever. That's fine. I was, what about my eyes? You know? And I'm like, what about that? Like, do you have any insight? And they're like, you know, usually based on evidence, like usually people, if not blind, partial blindness or, um, a lot of eye problems. So whether that be photosensitivity, um, you know, always wearing sunglasses, um, dry eye syndrome. So all these like random things that you would, should have so they're and that was like on the lighter end they're like you should probably you know like we'll probably talk about like long-term care for your eyes and what we need to do like regularly daily for the rest of your life Mm. um so that was what I went home with but I did not um I still don't remember to this day what my hospital room looked like what that hospital looked like at all like the hallways the elevator nothing um we were sent home um with uh clinically blind yeah so what do you remember what it was did they tell you like the numbers oh 2400 or something yes that <laughs> sounds bad that does In not both, sound yeah it was, <laughs> was not what you want to hear but no um, but it felt I mean you knew it I mean you were experiencing yeah. that I think for us on the outside you know that's like the only thing I can have is like the reference point the number on, yeah yeah um, so you, um, you go to your friend's house, which is, was really important because you were all of a sudden a blind person and right. you didn't know how to be a blind person. Um, so you needed a lot of help. Um, how is your mental state at this point? Terrible. <laughs> um, I think I didn't realize how, uh, how scary it would be to, to try to do this on your own and to realize, I mean, I was segueing into like normal or my life now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was kind of a middle area and it was scary. I was pretty depressed, um, yeah. to be honest, um, really yeah. anxious as well. So just, um, panicky, um, because you can't see. So it's just, I feel, I don't never experienced that before. Um, and nobody, not a lot of people have, you know, especially not like blindness. That was something that you weren't born with. Um, yeah. So just having that interjected 
um, as you're a young adult um, was just just strange. Um, and so having to think about, is this my new life? Um, I think just put me in a state of, a mental state of depression and just really sad um, for, for every thing I've missed or will miss um, in the future. So it's just kind of like, just even the sunset, you know, like even the little things I take for granted today, um, yeah. even with that experience, I'm like, that stuff was missed. And mm. I, and I felt that, um, just in those moments of like, mm. this is, if this is it, this is, that was the last time I got to see was before this happened, you know? Yes. I'm just, I'm sitting here imagining, um, you know, just few people, if you do lose your sight later in life, it's usually gradual still, you know, like it's not right. happening in a week or less than really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was in a few days, but it was like fully gone in about a week. I, yeah, it's really, truly mind blowing. And so, I mean, I have to ask, cause it's, you know, we're, we're, we follow Jesus. Had Jesus given you any kind of encouragement or were you just like crying out in the darkness? Was this like a, a total dark period, which it may have been, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, like, I think there were, there were days of darkness for yeah. sure. Um, mostly just um, when I was alone. So like if, you know, the, the day was going and there, were, so everybody was, I was not alone very often. No. So thank God, like everybody, I mean, they, I had like people after you know, yeah. scheduled the day to be at least checking in on me, which I'm so thankful for. But um, it was those little moments, even if it was like 10 minutes of yeah. alone, being alone that I, um, I was, I was feeling really afraid um, and just really alone. But I do yeah. feel like God, it was actually in the hospital when I felt like God was um, giving me peace. Um, okay. And so it was almost like I needed to tap into that piece, like constantly to, to remember um, that he was still with me, mm-hmm. even though, you know, it was, it didn't feel good um, in a lot of that, that time frame. But, but yeah, so I think God did um, give me moments of, of peace throughout this period, um, that I really had to just hold on to, which I think is just hard for us to do um yeah on the regular <laughs> yeah right that's an all the time thing <laughs> yeah but probably I mean just it's so much more amplified in a situation like this for yeah. sure okay so um I I want to get to the fun part so you um how long had you been in this sort of state of like okay this is my new life um it's depressing and a daily struggle um yeah. and then um, we get to the good part. How long it was that little, that, that time? So really only two weeks. So when I think about it now, I mean, what? Yeah, it was really? only, um, about Although that's a lot. It is a yes. long time to be blind, by the way. I sure. mean, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to try it. I know. Yeah, um, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was about two weeks, um, where, this was just the norm. I would mm-hmm. turn on the TV. I don't know why, but just for, for the, sound. Yeah. yeah just for, people. you know, just to have something like on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just pretty, my day in, day out. I was just hanging out, 
listening to things, um, and that was about it, seeing people. Um, so day 14 rolls around, um, and my friend called, and so obviously I was, you know, I worked at Starbucks, I like coffee, okay, it's big, uh, brand new news for people <laughs> that, that don't know me. I drink coffee all the time. So I, that was one way she can get me out the door. So she, she really just had this idea that, hey, you've been inside walls for weeks. You've got to get out, you know? And I told her no, because I was like, I look kind of crazy. So I was like, I Yeah, won. but you didn't really know. <laughs> I, I know. I felt it, right? So I, know, like I could I feel yeah. myself. Um, and I just was really uncomfortable being in public. Yes. Um, and yeah. so I was like, I just, I don't really know about that. And yeah. yeah, so she was like, how? And I was like, so, well, okay, we'll, I'll agree to go if we go through a drive through <laughs> So then I won't be physically getting out of the car. Yeah. Nobody can see yeah. me. So she was like, okay, fine. At least you'll get out into the car. Like we'll, you know, roll down the windows, like whatever we need to do to get you some fresh air and just out mm -hmm. of this house. Um, so we go and, you know, I've lived in Washington for 20 some years at this point. I know yeah. the roads, I know the view, I know mm -hmm. the trees I know exactly when the sun goes through them. Like it's very, um, so it was just, it was sad because I knew the route, you know, yeah. that we were taking. Yeah. And as we were driving, um, you know, as I always did, I had my head down towards the ground just because it was way too frustrating to look up because mm. why? Yeah. Um, so as we just kept going, I picked my head up and then there was trees and there was light and there was the road. And I honestly... I still, as I tell the story, I'm like, you sound crazy because that's that how, and it does. And I think that's where I can attribute, you know, this is no natural uh, answer. No, no explanation could really tell me that that immediate eye-opening experience literally um, mm -hmm. could have happened so quickly. And yet there I was able to see, and not just a little bit like it was the most clear view I have ever um, experienced and I still just remember it to this day I wish I had a camera but um yeah but it it was insane and I just was so confused but so um so much joy at the at the same time that I couldn't really even speak I just mm -hmm. I didn't even say anything to my friend for like minutes you know and she's just like are you you know are you okay like yeah I'm like I'm I, I can see and she just yeah it was it was crazy so that's that's that <laughs> yes to recap Tina was blind and then she wasn't that does not happen so no. I I do want to one last thing and then we're just going to talk about a little application to this but um yeah so you um you had had eye surgery like before all this had <laughs> happened and you had like a post-op of that, like LASIK, yes. right? Like, yeah. you know, just your simple day, day procedure and you go in. So now you're, you can see again, you've had this yes. whole thing go down. By the way, Tina looks awesome today. If you're watching us on YouTube, then you know, her skin looks fabulous. She does not have any scars at all from this. You would not know that Tina had experienced this horrible tra trauma. But we would think an eye doctor would. So 
you were blind for several weeks and then you could see again. And then sometime later you go back to the eye doctor for just your, your checkup for your LASIK. Yes. Did you tell, did you tell him or did you wait to see what he would do? So I, um, he knew that it was going on because I think I emailed him previous, like when I got out of the hospital, I said, Hey, this thing happened. Am I, is this over? Like, is there no hope? Because, you know, medically, like as you, for, for LASIK, you have to like open the flap. I don't, I want to get into detail, but basically, (laughs) so basically you have to take the structure um, and change it. So the integrity Mm -hmm. of your original eye has now been compromised in order to make it better. Right. So this is how, how it goes. And um, it takes a long time to heal. And so as the healing process, this is when I got SJS. So that's crazy. And obviously to me, why? Like the timing was (laughs) terrible, but obviously God's timing is is perfect. And and this is when it was. And um, so, yeah, so after I got eye surgery, you know, I was healed for about like a couple weeks or so. And then I got this, this, this disorder. Um, and then I come back to him for my post-op. So this wasn't even just about like my, what, what had just happened. Yeah. It was like a normal scheduled <laughs> yeah. post-op appointment. It was for already him to on check. the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. So I walk in um, and he was like, so you had this thing. I looked it up, you know, I looked it up and he was like, <laughs> cool. this, yeah, he was like, I don't know if this is going to be, you know, a good, you know, I don't have any, I might not have good news. And I was like, okay. I was like, but I mean, obviously I was like seeing and walking in there. So um, he put me in the chair. We did the eye stuff and the eye exam. And he said, it's perfect. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) But but, I mean, I didn't know the exact number. It was, it was 2020 um, as I walked out that door, but I didn't know how, how perfect. I knew I could see, and it was very clear, but you know, the number was helpful. And really cool. It is. I love it. Yeah. I love a good 2400 2020 story. I I didn't know I needed it in my life, but I think we all do. Yeah. (laughs) So the doctor was super shocked. He looked at me like, I don't get it. And I was like, and I remember saying, I was like, yeah, well, I do, you know, and and so we just talked, talked a little bit about, um, prayer and the power of prayer and who was by my side and how, um, God just took it because there was nothing else like and we we kind of talked about it with doctors trying to figure everything out and you know really dive into the why and the cause but there really was nothing they could really scientifically Mm -hmm. put out there you know yeah no it was a miracle yeah I mean I in my own life um you know I have experienced doctors say they we don't understand yeah. this like this is and they don't want to say miracle like you can tell they're like oh, what's another word <laughs> you know. yeah so this is unexplainable I think is what they end up saying um but yeah so we we definitely have experienced miracles in our lives um yes. I had to literally oh my internet's unstable maybe am I back? What? Oh yeah. It's, um... My internet was unstable. I don't know what happened there. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> I, so I had to literally write a whole book about my miracles 
to cement them into my brain. And yet, you know, it's been a while, even since I've written my book, I forget. I've had to read, reread my own book, which is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> it was like, oh, this is pretty good. And I am sad to say that miracles don't always stick with us. I mean, have you yeah. felt that as well? I mean, it's, it's been a while now since this, um, we forget on a daily basis, um, just, and maybe even the details too, of like the little miraculous things. I'm so glad, um, that I have my book and you have written out your story as well. Yeah. And I think I forget who, but I, I feel like from all angles, someone was like, write it down, you know, and I am not a writer. It's I, um, like I've always tried to, to, yeah, not the best. So, but that was probably the one thing I did write because I was like, okay, this was huge. This was a big part of, um, God revealing himself to me, um, him using my life. I, in ways I just didn't even know at the time. And then a story that I would tell forever. Um, and so I was like, I should probably write it down before my, you know, my memory gets foggy. Yeah. Er. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, writing it down has been helpful. And obviously, so I post it because I like the memory. So then it like kind of forces me to look at it again. And I, and I do every year stop and reread. Um, all the details that I had written, because like you said, like we are just forgetful and that's not new news. You know, people are forgetful. We have seen it throughout scripture that um, we just struggle to remember um, even the biggest things that you can, you you would probably say, how, how can I even forget that? Yeah. But yes, yes, we do. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we have the perfect example probably is Moses and then the children of Israel, like all those incredible things happen to them. And then it's just from then on, it's like, I'm going to need you to remember this. I'm going to need you to remember this. And they forget and they forget and they forget. Um, And yeah, we know that that's true. So you wrote it down and Mm -hmm. maybe like once a year, you kind of have your anniversary remembrance. Um, But do you feel like in this in your life, is it more of like a marker that the Lord did this miraculous thing and it impacted your life then obviously in a huge way. And then it sort of as, you know, anniversary, you're like, praise the Lord. But do you think that it had is it has, it changed your walk with the Lord in, in a, a way that it wouldn't be otherwise, or was it just for that season or I mean, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I don't have an answer in my own life either. So <laughs> there's no right answer. Yeah. I think definitely at the time, I mean, I feel like I would say I wasn't the most um, mature believer mm-hmm. in this time of my life. I, I really struggled a lot with the things that were in my past. And so um, yeah. when stuff like that, when that happened, I think it was huge for that moment. But for me, maybe it was for afterwards, like in, in lots of different periods of time when I can just recall it. So, um, so, so yeah, probably not something that I'm daily Mm -hmm. affects me in that sense, but, um, but it's something that I have now Mm -hmm. that 
God has so blatantly put as an obvious, hey, I'm here, you know, yeah. um, and revealed to me. And I feel like maybe I just, I needed that. Um, I do, you know, I, I think everyone needs God to, you know, or like, we just need to remember God um, yeah. in ways that we may not think, um, even if it's not a big eye opening yeah. story. Um, but yeah, so just over time, I feel like God has given me that story to then tell. And so I think now mm. it has become something that I cannot just hide in the corner. Yeah. And so because of that, um, it has given me a lot of opportunity to just share that story. Um, mm-hmm. Just in a lot of different ways of just, you know, being blind and then seeing, and then, you know, obviously miracles being something that points to Christ mm-hmm. for the most, um, for the biggest miracle, you know, of him yes. rising and dying and changing hearts. Like that's, that is the biggest miracle that has been done in my own life. I know, um, but I do have um, these little that story to tell. And I think that we just continue it on and just keep grabbing it back <laughs> for yeah. memory's sake, for our own hearts to just remember um, who he is and what he's about, you know, and it's, yeah. it's to, it's to heal mm-hmm. um, and bring people to himself in full restoration. And I think it's, it's just a picture. I feel like I can go all day of just thinking about all the ways that God has used that one story to just reveal so many different things about himself to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I, I literally wrote a book. It was so impactful <laughs> in my life and I, it, it really, it's, um, it's interesting how a miracle that was a physical thing, um, in my case, you know, I lost a daughter and then God healed a daughter was so rocking in my life, but it impacted me in my spiritual walk too. Like it wasn't just the, the daughter thing. It was like a, a, it deeply impacted how I think about God today. Um, and I think that's, that is the definition of a miracle, right? It's like something so miraculous that we can't explain that glorifies God and points to him. And I Mm -hmm. think our stories do that, um, so beautifully. And so I think writing it down is really key. And by the way, like, I think it was just this past weekend, I was on time hop which man, I'm so thankful our phones have time hop, like so, so important because I wouldn't remember things at all, but I, um, it was, it's been nine years since we moved to San Antonio and I was like, man, that's crazy. And I wish that I had been keeping like a record of all the things specifically that God has done big and small. I could probably write down the big ones, but I think it's worth it. I mean, we just talked about a huge huge miracle. Um, and I hope that those listening have huge miracle stories to tell. And if they do, I hope that they will comment and tell me about them because I love a good miracle story. (laughs) But, um, but even if you just have small miracles, small answers to prayer, like writing it down is so, so key Yeah, because we forget and we're going to forget again. And so I think that is huge. And then those days of remembrance like it was it was totally on purpose that God was like I'm going to give you the Passover I'm going to give you this feast and this feast so that you have to stop what you're doing and remember what I did 
Yeah. Um, and I almost, yeah, we need, we need more of those, our own personal holidays. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we have talked a little bit about, um, telling other people about these things as well. Um, so you said that it's just over and over again. Do you just use it to then go right into the gospel or is it, I, I feel like sometimes these types of stories are easier for people to get and maybe more interesting. Like we can get them sucked in with the cool story about being healed from blindness. And then we can just like stick them with the gospel. <laughs> Do you find that that's the case? <laughs> um, I feel like it, I feel like that's my easier one Yeah. for some reason. Um, so, totally. so not my like coming to Jesus story isn't yes. as uh, easy to interject the gospel in. Um, but this one, um, I think we can all just almost see like, okay, I was this way and now I'm not, yes. you know, and that's a picture of that. Like, mm -hmm. so I, you know, obviously I was living my life, something happened, you know, and everything changed. Mm -hmm. um, and so with this one, you know, obviously I got sick and everything changed. I couldn't see. And then all of a sudden, um, another thing changed, you know, and then here comes Jesus yeah. who has done even more than just a physical healing, which obviously we know throughout the scriptures, like all of his miracles, really a lot of them, most of them have to do with physical mm -hmm. healing, right? Raising mm -hmm. from the dead, um, blind to seeing, um, Walking. leprosy. Yeah. You know, yeah, all, yeah. All the things, um, that we kind of see Jesus doing, um, in his miracles is really healing, right? And then physical, but then he caps it off with spiritual healing, you know, of um, forgiving sin mm -hmm. and changing hearts. And so that I just, I like how he uses, you know, a physical um, experience to kind of showcase the bigger thing that he has come here for. And so, um, so yeah, so I think that's why it's easier for me because I can segue into. Oh, it's awesome. You know, it's from, perfect. Yeah. 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 Totally. I, I really do think um, it, this one is perfect, but I, I truly think that all those like answer prayer stories, if we just yeah. give it a minute, it's like our own parable, honestly. Yeah. Like, I think um, if we, I am such a storyteller, like people tell me things and I'm like, Ooh, we can make this real good. Like we got this, this is like the best ever. Um, and so I think my, that's just how my brain works. And, but I think anyone can do that. Like take the stories of your life of things you've prayed for and had an answer. Maybe it was the, not the answer you wanted even, yeah. but just miraculous things that God has shown himself and revealed himself. Um, or such gospel stories. I, yeah. I, so I just, yeah, I probably uh, use um, the loss of my daughter Priscilla more than I use my like coming to Jesus story yeah. too, um, mm -hmm. because I, I will tell them this super sad story. And then I will say, but you know what I thought of in that moment when that doctor told me that I had lost my daughter was, man, God gave his son, like he experienced this kind of pain mm. and he did it out. He did it on purpose. Like he chose to give his son up for us. Like that's yeah. how much he loves us. He mm. went, he took on this pain 
of the loss of a child. Like I can't, I had never felt that before until then. So it was a totally new feeling of God's love for us. Um, and so in telling that, I feel like it's way more impactful than my other lame stories. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking as you were talking of just how, um, you know, it, we, it, everything points to Christ, you know, everything, because yes. God as believers, like we have to recognize and um, that it's him who is sovereign over all, every detail in our life, every yeah. tragedy, every pain, every suffering, like those things um, are are there. Um, and he, it's not like he didn't put them there, you know, or like it yeah. was a coincidence yeah. or whatever, you know, I was thinking about how um, just even from the beginning, like we struggle with wanting explanations for things, you know, we just, we dig for how, how did this happen? You know, right. like, what can, yeah. um, you know, what is going on or, or, or if when something turns out well, it's like, well, who did that? You know? Yeah. Um, so in my, in my story of just like how, how easily it would have been to be like, oh, the doctor um, did something, you know, or um, it was that medication that helped mm -hmm. me or there was a certain explanation that was tangible that I could give credit to rather mm -hmm. than, than God, you know? And I feel like we tend to, I feel like people, we just tend to do that. We, we yeah. look for something that maybe um, we can explain without God. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's where miracles are, are so cool because mm -hmm. usually there is no, there's none of that. There is no place to give credit to other than, than a supernatural, um, yeah. experience, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, miracles are miracles because we can't what fully explain them. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, and hopefully that helps us to reveal who Christ is and um, what he is doing and that he does this for us to kind of, hey, remember that, I've, that yeah. I'm bigger than all these things um, and that he has every detail in his hand. You know, it's, it's really uh, cool to, to have those kinds of stories and to be able to um, share them. Mm. I think, yeah, like just as a nurse myself, I'm like, well, what, 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 what happened? Like, what kind yeah. of medication yeah. did you take? You know, like what, what healed yeah. you? Yeah. you know? <laughs> no, totally. And I think it it's helpful. Like the eye doctor being like, I don't even know. And our doctor, you know, when they checked out Tabitha and she was perfect and that like the best fetal cardiologist in the country was like, man, I don't know. I, that just boosts your faith, you know, yeah. because like you said, I mean, you're a scientist. It's like, we can, we can definitely like figure this out. I was like, no, yeah. you, no can't. you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's man. So, so cool. I, um, thank you so much for being on today. It was super fun. I hope that those listening, um, just can be encouraged in their own faith, um, that Jesus is real, that he's doing miracles, um, and to think back on their own life, um, maybe not quite as miraculous, but surely you have stories that have shown Jesus to be real and alive in your life. Um, and we hope you can remember them, write them down, tell them to others, um, just glorify Jesus and his great goodness to us. Um, and it was really fun to relive this miracle with you today, Tina. So thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. Yay. All right, <laughs> friends. Um, I'll be back with Andrew um, 
in two weeks. So we'll see you then. Until then, leave us your questions, comments. Uh, we want to we want to read them. We can't wait to hear what you guys think. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you.